good evening. Or morning. Or whenever. Another week has gone by. Another set of thoughts to try and sum up in twenty minutes or so. Another story with a moral, or no moral, to tell you. Have you been listening? Have you been really listening? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I feel stronger this week. I feel somewhat more ready, aggressive, or at the very least, assertive. I'm getting ready to come up. Oh, a friend of mine came by. Well, I didn't see them, but they came and they left some clothes. Some books, some food, DVDs. Things to get me ready. I don't know who this person was, but I know that someone sent them to me. Now the delightful question is, who? Was it him? Was it you? You can tell me you've been trying to tell me, haven't you? Was it you? You've been listening this whole time, I'm sure. <clears throat> I... You see, I remember very little, but I know that there was someone, at least one someone, there had to have been, and they're waiting for me. And I'm getting ready. <laughs> well, I have a lot to do. I'm ghastly. Well, no, not really. I mean, listen, at my worst, I am magnificent. At my best, I am exquisite. But I am currently at my worst, and while I am still magnificent... It is in a way that you are unable to see. Not that you can't see me as I am, but you would be distracted by my strangeness. A Siberian tiger, even when it's starving, caged, and ancient, is still a splendid creature. But you would be too scared of it to stop and notice. You would see its angry eyes, its hungry ribcage, its honed and ready fangs. You mustn't be distracted by these things. That's how the hungry things know that you'll be easy prey. Anyhow, this someone dropped me off something absolutely invaluable. A mirror. <laughs> I saw my face for the first time in... in many years. Today. I saw my face. It almost felt like company. Anyway, my face. It needs work. The edges are jagged and sharp and gaunt. The eyes are sunken and sad. The teeth are large and frightening. The gums receding. The hair is a wretched mess. Like a horrific puppet version of the glorious thing I once was. But give it time. Give me time. Give me some time to get ready. And I'll be sublime, I promise. I would make fine company for myself. Oh, 
which reminds me, I owe you a story. There was once a little girl. Well, at least I'm fairly sure that the one I met was the girl. It may not have been, but we'll get there. My apologies. There was once a young girl. She grew up as any normal child might. She was an only child to two doting, loving parents. She had very few friends, as she lived far away from anyone, really, especially children her own age. She lived in a large white house with large, bright windows. She was homeschooled by her mother, and her father worked at home, and if she was lucky, they perhaps traveled into town every now and then in order to pick up some much-needed supplies. Perhaps to have a special day out. And she could see a movie, buy a new toy, new books... So she knew about the world, but she felt that she rarely got to spend any real time in it. Rather, her world was this white house, which stood in a field where little else existed. A road led up to it, and a road led away from it. They had flowers around the house, but the world around it being flat and bare, she didn't even have trees to play in. You might begin to suspect the kind of imagination a young girl like that might start to develop. Let this girl divide even that. She never had an imaginary friend, was never prone to exaggeration or confabulation. She was quiet and reserved and fairly resigned to her life of solitude. She was not explicitly happy, but she was not particularly unhappy with her life either. Simply, it was what it was. For her eighth birthday, her parents decided that she should have a new bedroom. A larger one. One a little more mature. They converted her old bedroom into a storage closet and gave her one of the larger rooms in the household. They redecorated it for her. It had a larger bed, a larger closet, a larger desk for her to do her homework. When her parents brought her upstairs, instructing her to keep her hands over her eyes and then to remove them to reveal a beautiful new bedroom. Her eyes moved over every item, calm and collected, and she did not express any excitement or glee. Nothing her parents were hoping for. Do you like it? They said, trying to encourage some kind of reaction. She simply nodded. But then... She saw directly across from the bed the largest mirror she had ever seen in her life. It was taller than her, as wide as it was tall, and it reflected the entire bed back to her. She had seen her reflection before in small mirrors she had been allowed when she was younger, or in the little one that was in their washroom, but never quite so large. And the details in the reflection had never been quite so clear and sharp. It was immaculately clean, not a streak or a speck of dust on it. And she walked right up to it, staring at herself, marking in the light of the new room her hair color, her eye color, the pattern on her dress. And she smiled broadly, turning to her parents to thank them. And they beamed, finally satisfied in this reaction. It was almost as if this mirror was a new toy for her. She would play with her dolls in front of it. She would spend longer than usual braiding her hair, brushing her hair, braiding it again, brushing it again, staring admiringly into the mirror. 
She would glance over at herself occasionally while she was at her desk studying. She would look up at herself when she was reading in bed. Another child. Another young girl. Even just seeing another one of herself, this close and this frequently, was novel and exciting. And, somehow, comforting. Until night time. For you see, the entire household was asleep. Her mother, her father, and night time at their home was completely silent. No cars ever drove by. There were no passers-by. Not even animals, not even crickets. It was completely silent and still. She didn't know why she woke up this one particular night at this particular time. But her eyes opened, and she didn't know why. But she had the distinct feeling that she was not alone. She slowly leaned up on her elbows, still reclined, craning her neck to look around the room, and the first place her eyes went to was the mirror. And in it, she saw herself, sitting up straight as an arrow, looking back at her. The difference in their postures was minimal, but the fact that there was a difference at all was bone-chilling. She rubbed her eyes. The reflection did not. She stared at it for hours, paralyzed, and it stared back. Eventually, she discovered that she must have fallen asleep again as dawn came and the mirror behaved quite normally in the daylight. It must have been a dream. And another day passed, quite as normally as any other day before it. But night comes, faithfully and dutifully, as it always must. And she woke again in the middle of the night, and she leaned up to look at the mirror, and there she was, sitting on the edge of the bed this time even closer to her, staring, not flinching. She sat up and whispered, What do you want? Her reflection simply kept staring. It breathed, it blinked, but it did not respond and she stared for what felt like hours, once more, until the light came and all was normal again. You look a little tired, honey, her mother said at the table that morning. Did you get enough sleep? She just nodded and stirred her cereal absently. Sure enough, as she glanced at herself in the mirror throughout the day, her eyes had bags under them, and their whites were red and bloodshot. That night she slept deeply, but was woken not of her own volition this time, but by a sound. It sounded like someone tapping on glass. Gently at first, but tapping became rapping, and rapping became knocking, and knocking became banging, and she could barely bring herself to look up, she was so scared. But she did. And there pressed right up to the glass of the mirror, was her reflection, banging slowly, rhythmically, her fist against it. Shaking, she drew the covers off of her, stood up, and walked to the mirror. 
Looking herself in the eyes, she saw how exhausted she looked, but how frightening. She stayed still and watched as her reflection would bring up her own hand, slowly draw her arm back and strike the mirror. Over and over she did this, all the while maintaining eye contact with her host. Stop it, the girl whispered. The reflection struck faster and harder. Stop it, she said aloud. Still faster, still louder. Stop it, she screamed, and then raised both arms to strike back at the mirror, but instead of coming into contact with it, she wasn't met with resistance. Instead, she fell through the mirror. And she turned around, and she saw, lying in her own bed peacefully, herself, or what was not herself, something else. Her eyes widened, and she darted for the door, about to run to tell her mother and father what had happened, but as she opened the door behind it was only blackness, nothingness. No hallway, no ceiling, not even a floor. There was, without a doubt, absolute nothingness that she dared not step into for fear that she would never stop falling. She called for her mother and father, but no one came. Only an echo of her voice came back, back, back to her. Tears in her eyes, she turned back to the mirror. Her reflection slept until dawn when she stood up, went to the mirror, and, without any expression or reaction, stared at her original in the eye. Let me come back, the girl said to her reflection who was now living in her world, her reality. Let me talk to my mother and father. The reflection did not show any sign that it understood, heard, or cared about what she said. It simply turned and left the room. The girl screamed. She railed. She banged against the glass. She threw things at it. She tore at the bed. She tore at her hair. Nothing worked. No one heard her. No one came. The girl saw the thing that was parading in her body come back into her bedroom with her mother. Her mother seemed concerned. But the girl couldn't hear anything that was said on the other side of the glass. Her mother knelt down and looked at what she thought was her daughter, felt her forehead, tried to speak with her, but the reflection said nothing, didn't react in any way. It's not me, the girl cried, trying to reach her mother somehow. It's not me. But she didn't hear her. The mother tucked what she thought was her daughter in, obviously believing her to be ill, and then left. The reflection didn't do anything. It stared at the ceiling. It breathed, it blinked, but it didn't do anything. The girl had to watch this for hours, until sunset again and her parents came in to kiss her reflection goodnight. They were horrified at the blank expression and the lack of reaction, but they simply left the room, and they would not come back all night. The reflection did, however, sleep. It did seem to need sleep. The girl tried to speak with it, plead with it, reason with it, 
She tried to scream and threaten it. Nothing worked. It didn't seem to hear her. Until something occurred to her. She knocked on the glass. The reflection stirred in its sleep. She knocked again. It opened its eyes. She started banging on the glass over and over and over. The reflection sat up and stared. She knocked and she knocked. The reflection's eyes glinted, but it stared at her all night. It stared at her for three nights as she did this. Three days passed where the girl needed to watch her parents interact with this shadow of herself. They kept her in bed, and she would just stare up at the ceiling. They didn't know what to do, didn't know what they could afford to do. Doctors came in and out and tried to discern what was happening, but no one had any answers. The little girl had to watch her own parents cry about their empty shell of a child. And each night that she kept her own reflection awake with banging and knocking, the reflection looked more and more gaunt, exhausted and sick. It was her body, she realized. She was starving herself of sleep. But what else could she do? Until one night, the reflection, sitting up and staring at her, unable to sleep, of course, had enough. It stood and walked to the mirror. She banged against the glass. Let me in, she shouted. Let me in. Then, all of a sudden, the reflection's expression changed to that of absolute malicious rage. Its brow arched. Its red bloodshot eyes widened. It opened its mouth, and in the place of teeth and a tongue was simply an empty, never-ending mirror. The horrible thing's mouth stretched into an unnatural, silent scream, and the reflection raised its arms, and finally it struck at the little girl trapped in the mirror. And it fell through, and the girl was back in the bedroom. She looked around and ran to the door and opened it. <sighs> there was a hallway. Before she would run to her parents to hug them and kiss them and assure them she was all right once more, before she would run outside and smell the fresh air and look at the night sky full of stars, she calmly walked back to her mirror. The reflection was there, exhausted and defeated and furious. And the girl smiled as she went and grabbed the little chair at her desk. And the girl laughed as she raised it above her head. And she relished the look of terror on her reflection's face. As she smashed the mirror to pieces. Have you ever felt the urge to defy superstition and do such a thing? Have you ever stared at your own reflection long enough that you no longer recognized the person looking back at you? Is there a mirror in your bedroom? Say goodnight to it for me. Sweet dreams, my friend.
Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of On a Dark Cold Night. This is your host, Kristen Zaza. Or am I your host? You don't know. Do I know? Who knows? Just want to give a few of my usual shout outs. So I'm really interested in engaging with you guys over social media. I'm still sort of crystallizing how the best way to do that is, but uh, reach out over Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you can reach me at a dark cold night on both Facebook and Twitter and on Instagram at dark cold night podcast. So as long as you tag the show in your message or whatever you're sending out there, um, I'm happy to include in one of my upcoming stories a character, a theme, anything like that. Any ideas you have, even if you just say hello and I use your username for inspiration for an upcoming episode, uh, just let me know and I'll be sure to give you an on-air shout-out. The biggest thing, guys, if you like the show, please share it. Um, or if you don't like the show, still share it. Maybe someone you know would like the show. Anything to just sort of spread the podcast love would really just, really just make my week. If you're looking for a way to help the show, I am on Patreon at patreon.com slash darkcoldnight. If you're looking for another way to help the show, you can rate and review on iTunes, and I would be so, so, so grateful to you for that. The show is also available on Stitcher, Google Play, your favorite podcast app, or directly at kristenzaza.com, where you can also go and learn a little bit more about me if you like. Most importantly, I would especially just love it if you subscribed to the show and shared it across social media. That would be just so lovely. Anyway, thank you guys again. I would like to take a second and just say that this show and your support has really made my 2018 excellent so far, and I'm so excited to see what the future brings. Anyway, thank you again. Sleep well. Bye.